Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey friends and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here today because we are joined by Rachel Hawley and Rachel and I went to college together and you're now engaged and we'll get to talk about all that fun stuff but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay so my name is Rachel and um, I I currently am self-employed. I manage social media sites for for small businesses um, and I kind of do web design in there as well. I kind of just do a little bit of everything. Um, I am 24 years old and I am engaged to um, the love of my life and (laughs) uh, which sounds so weird to say Um, and Colby and I have been dating I guess we dated for almost two years and then got engaged and I have Two little weenie dogs um, that are a mess. They, I call them my little ranch pups, but they're like citified, citified ranch pups, I guess you could say, um, because they do all the things outdoors, but then they also love to come in at night. And um, I graduated from Tarleton State University with a degree in agricultural communications. I'm extremely passionate about agriculture. Um, and I, I just... I'm so excited to be here today. So thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, I'm so excited to get to talk to you, but tell our listeners and even myself, like, I don't really know, how did you get involved in agriculture and where did this passion for agriculture come from? So my journey in agriculture is a little bit different, I guess you could say, than than most people. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I grew up, you know, uh, with horses or cattle or anything like that. Um, both of my parents worked in agriculture when I was really little. My dad did fertilizer sales and my mom worked for a crop insurance, uh, company, uh, very small. Um, and I, she started working there when I was about probably like six weeks. We actually were just talking about this the other day. And so I grew up around farmers and ranchers. Like my dad would take me with him um, on calls. And then my mom would take me to work like every day. But I never had like, both of my uncles had horses and I was around them. But I personally, like we didn't have cattle, we didn't have animals. And I really didn't start um, getting interested in agriculture until I was in high school and I joined FFA. And I was an FFA girl through and through. I loved doing speaking events, um, chapter conducting, the whole nine yards. I, I really got passionate about it. 
And my senior year, I was like, I want to show animals. And my parents are like, okay, if that's what you want to do, you've got to balance your time because I not only was doing FFA and stuff in school, but I was also a competitive dancer, which is very different than most people in agriculture. And um, so that took a lot of my time and I juggled showing an animal for the first time ever and um, doing everything else that I was doing. And I just, I fell in love with it. And I had no desire, like this, the entire time I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to AM, I'm going to be a vet, like, this is what I want to do. And I would go to Tarleton for <laughs> FFA events. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to apply to Tarleton because I feel like I that would be a good fit for me. And I never applied anywhere else. I applied to Tarleton, got accepted. And I was like, that's where I'm going. They're passionate about agriculture. I love their agricultural department. And that's what I want to do. So um, I, from high school, I jumped straight into ag and I was actually an ag business major to start. And I looked at all the sciences and all the maths that I had to take. And I was like, maybe that's not for me. And then I listened to a professor, I believe it was Dr. Tarpley, talk about agcom in one of my first year seminar classes. And I was like, actually, that sounds really interesting. I really like that. I, I enjoy talking to people about agriculture. I enjoy, you know, I, I didn't really want to be an ag teacher, but I wanted to also educate people. And so I just, I thought ag comms where I want to be. And, and I fell in love with, with ag comm and learning everything I learned in Tarleton. And just, I, I don't know. I, it helped grow my passion for agriculture. I think taking all those classes and being with like-minded people who were also very passionate about it, like you, um, I, I, I just, I really think that that's what helped grow my passion. And then, um, I graduated and I had a job and it was somewhat agricultural based. There were a lot, it was an event facility and there were lots of things going on. And, then COVID hit, of course, and um, then I, I am where I am now, and I began working for myself, and I met Colby, and actually, we met in college, but uh, we we kind of reconnected, and his parents run a, a beef business and have cattle, and honestly, working for them has also really broadened my horizons, I guess you could say. I've learned a lot, and I've, I've become even more passionate about the agricultural industry because I feel like it's we're we're kind of a dying breed, you know, and and there's lots of things that affect agriculture and and lots of people don't understand it fully. And so I've always been passionate about helping other people understand why agriculturalists are the way they are and kind of kind of where they're at. So um now that I've rambled, uh that that's kind of my journey to agriculture. It's it's a little bit different than most people, I guess you could say. Well, that's really awesome. And you got to talking about, you know, there's so many things that affect agriculture. And earlier today, I talked to someone who's a lobbyist, you know, and so we talked about right. and how important that is. But you also mentioned Colby's family and um, you now work for them. And so talk a little bit about what all you all do. Um, you have a direct to consumer beef sales and you've just started raising poultry. And so kind of tell our listeners yeah. a little bit more about that. So, um, my fiance's family has, it's, they, the business is called Chapman 3C Cattle Company, but they've just started incorporating, uh, pork and, and, uh, chicken this year, 
which has been an interesting journey. Raising chickens is a lot different than raising cattle. Um, and I, I started working for them in 2021. Um, and he, they needed someone to take on their marketing and help with like website design, things like that. And I just was kind of like an outsider looking in at that point. And I was like, you need someone who understands the industry, understands you and how you operate, but can also bring in the knowledge of social media and website design, marketing, sales, things like that. And I said, I, I took a few of those courses in college. You know, it's kind of what I went to school for. So I would love to help, but you don't have to take me up on that offer. And God just kind of opened up some doors for me. And, and then so I began working for them and it's been a huge blessing for, I think, Colby's dad and myself because it gave me a job and he, it took a load off of him because he said, I know nothing about social media and all, all I want to do is pop on my horse and ride and manage the cattle and I want you to manage everything else. And I was like, okay, we can do that. We can work on that. So um, he, they uh started selling beef direct to consumer in 2017 they've always had cattle they've always harvested their own beef but in 2017 mark was like i want to be able to bring my beef to the consumer and so um colby's parents they sat down they set everything into paper and um and they just started rolling with it and they we sell halves holes individual cuts beef boxes um whatever you can dream up, you name it. And they are willing to work with anybody. Like if they want a box of pork, beef and chicken, we throw it all together and we'll get you hooked up. Um, it's, it, there's definitely, um, highs and lows, I guess you could say to, to being in the direct to consumer business. Um, you're always fighting different things. Um, and it's really opened my eyes to what ranchers deal with day in and day out, because, not only do we sell meat, we also are ranchers. You know, we, we, I say we, um, <laughs> Colby's parents are ranchers and it's, I have to kind of keep that in mind too, when I post to social media and, and things like that, and kind of keeping a good balance between educating our customers and our, our community, I guess you could say with how we deal with things and how, how we run the business. And, um, so the, it, it's been a good year bringing in the the pork and the chicken, um, but it's also a learning curve because chickens do not weather the weather very well. If you, I guess you could say, um, they they are quite different animals. They're almost like I call them tiny little dinosaurs because they 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 just peck you. They run all over the place and they take a lot less time to uh, raise which is also very good. Um, but we, the, the beef side of things has been pretty consistent since Mark and Connie started running the business. They, they've raised, um, red cattle. They like red Angus and beef master crosses. And so it's, it's kind of funny because everyone in the area has black cattle. And so we're kind of like, <laughs> we're very different because we have red cattle. Um, but yeah, so in a nutshell, I do the marketing and the, the social media stuff and, and Colby's parents do more of like the day in, day out stuff of, of, um, you know, raising the animals and kind of keeping them 
secure and doing things like that. And then I kind of help with the social media stuff. And we all pitch in all the time. I mean, Colby and I are always doing stuff. So it's, it's kind of a family thing, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, that is awesome. And talking about a direct to consumer, not even just beef, but also pork and chicken, you know, what is yeah. your biggest struggle you feel like? And what is like your biggest victory you think you've had, whether that's, you know, shipping or printing labels to the actual raising. I mean, you're kind of more on you ship product, um, manage orders and websites. So what is some of the challenges you've seen there and some of the victories you think you've had this year? So it's kind of hard to pick out just like one victory or, or one, uh, struggle because there's a lot. Um, and, and Mark and Connie have gone through several obstacles. It's like, God will close one door for them and then he'll open up another one. So there's, there's been lots of things. Um, and over the past year, I guess the biggest struggle has been, um, I, I would say inflation and just how it affects everything. Because like I said, you know, they, they're ranchers as well as, um, beef sellers. Um, and so it's, there's kind of like a hard, um, hard balance there because in the cattle industry, it was not a good year. There was drought, there was increases in gas and feed. And I mean, you name it, like everything went up this year. And so that was probably the biggest struggle because shipping costs went up. Um, the things that we used to ship, like the insulated bags, the ice packs, the boxes, like everything went up. So that makes it a lot harder because then we in turn have to go up on our prices. And it's, it's just, it's hard to relay that to the customer because we understand like it, if you, you know, if you see that and you go, wow, I cannot, I cannot afford that, you know, then that's like, okay, we understand it's been a hard year all around. Um, but, but definitely gas and feed and the inflation that has affected that has really affected us because we have to absorb those costs. And, you know, it, it takes two years to raise a steer to be able to process it. And there's lots of time and money that goes into that steer before it gets processed. And I don't think a lot of people realize that um, when the you know average consumer goes to our website, they probably don't think that it took us two years to raise that animal, feed it, you know, keep it watered, keep it on rotated on pasture. And it just, and not even the cattle. I mean, the chickens have, have taken a lot as well. Like this last round of chickens, the feed has gone up drastically and it, it it's going to cause us to raise our prices on the chickens as well. And, and pork too, you know, we haven't done a whole lot of pork, um, but we are, we're actually looking into getting some, some sows. And if we do, we have to really think about, is it worth it price wise? You know, is the, is the cost and the inflation of feed and everything else really worth it? And so I, I really think that that's been a struggle because it affects everything. So inflation has probably been our biggest battle. Um, and the, the biggest victory I think was, um, that this year for Christmas, we packed and sent out the most boxes that we have ever packed and sent out during Christmas ever. Like we put the most boxes in our UPS truck ever, which is, I mean, to me, that's a, that's a big thing, especially with them being in business for so long. Um, I, I think it's, 
kind of amazing that we have sent out that many. And it, I think that was just a, a big kind of victory for, for us because, you know, we're still small, we're not huge, but it was still amazing to be able to put that many boxes on the UPS truck this year after drought inflation the whole nine yards because it's been it's been a hard year so that was kind of a small victory and a good a a big blessing I guess you could say for for this year so well talk to our listeners a little bit about you know you mentioned if you're raising cattle your two years of time money investment to get the product so chickens like how long is the process and so how much shorter is it and so in two years span how many crops of chickens can you raise compared to your one steer so chickens are um we typically keep them and raise them for about seven weeks um it depends on when we can get into the processor and when we receive our chicks um so they they're very different because you can feed them their protein ration and they grow very quickly whereas a steer you know you gotta wean it you gotta keep it on we, we like to keep our steers on pasture their entire life. They never come into a feedlot situation or anything like that. And we pasture rotate. So um, we keep them on pasture land and then add in a grain ration. Probably their last, depending on when we get them um, out to like the house where we can feed them the grain ration every day, probably three to four months out from their processing date. Um, and so that's where it's a little bit different where we keep our chickens, we get them in as chicks. Um, the first two or three weeks are very detrimental for them. Um, and we just, we keep them warm, we keep them watered and fed. And then, you know, and I mean, really honestly, in like the first two weeks, they grow their down feathers, which keep them warm and keep them cooled. And it's like their temperature regulator. And um, they grow extremely fast in those first two weeks. And that's just, that's how they're, they're, I mean, God made them that way. So that's how they, they operate. Um, So they take a lot less time. And in about two years, we could probably harvest probably depending on how, how many we get in like this last go around, we got 75 chicks. Um, and with weather and, you know, there's always stress when they come in. Um, and there's always stress with the weather because it's Texas. Texas. It goes from, yeah, yeah, it goes from like 90 degrees one day to 60 degrees the next. So the weather kind of stresses them out a little bit. And so there's always a few that, that don't, make it which is always very hard um especially on colby's mom because she puts a lot of time and effort into them and so when there's a casualty like i think a piece of her heart breaks off um because it's just and that's but that's with that's life you know that's that's how agricultural agriculture is so if you have um, livestock you have dead stock and that's part of it yeah um but i think that shows people listening i mean your heart and soul is into this Absolutely. 100%. Like if I, I wish I had a notebook and then written down because Colby's mom is primarily the one that does the chickens like that. She says that that's her thing. And she has layer hens as well. And those are her girls. And then she has her, her broilers that she takes care of. And if I had a pen and had written down, like every time she had gone out to check on them before we process this last batch and like made sure that they were watered. And like one of them, um, (laughs) 
had a broken leg and it like it broke it like of course two or three days before we went to process and so she was literally out there hand feeding it and like watering it and she was like we just have to take care of it she was like I I don't want to have to process it ourselves before we take it to the processor she was like I want this one to make it and I was like okay okay <laughs> like but it, I mean I just wish that I could show people that side of things because they truly do care like it's it's a heart and soul thing like we are stewards of the land and we're stewards of our animals. And I just, I know that there are so many people that don't see that side of things. And so that's what I try to portray in social media as well. Um, especially on our social media sites is that we really do strive to, to make our animals like the best that they can be because we, if, if we're not stewards of our land and our animals, then it's not going to, you know, we take care of it. It's not going to take care of us. So we, we, um, I truly try to show that to the social media people that, you know, that see us and kind of don't think that we take care of our animals the way we should. There's always those few that, that have their own opinion. Um, but anyway, I kind of got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Um, but the, the beef and the chicken are very different because they, they grow differently and it, there's a lot more cost input into to the steers. Um, I, I will say that I have seen, um, through my year and almost two years, I guess, of, of being with 3C, um, there's just people that don't see that they don't understand. And like the processing, that's, that's another struggle. Um, you have to process chickens a lot differently than you process steers, um, pigs as well there it's a very different process when you go to take them to the processor and um they they've been through quite a few processors um covid kind of hurt a lot of things with with the steers um there was a lot of um uh, well i mean with everything people were laid off during covid and things were shut down and they can only operate certain days and so covid changed a lot of things for them when when processing their steers and so now um, they they drive three hours to LaGrange and process the steers there. And it's a drive. It's a trek. Um, but the processors there really take care of us and they're great. And um, it's all USDA inspected, which is wonderful. Um, but where the chickens and the steers differ, um, the steers, you take them two weeks later, you come and pick them up. Uh, chickens, you take them that morning, drop them off. You come back and pick them up later. Uh, that day. So it, it's a lot different process as well when you take them to the butcher because, you know, chickens are small animals and it, they're a lot easier to just kind of get in and get out through the processor. And beef, it takes a little bit of a longer process and there's an aging process and a hanging process. And so um, it, it, it's very different. So we could probably get quite a few chickens in in two years, whereas the beef, you only get a certain amount for the two years. So <laughs> Well, and I think for those not familiar, I've actually been to a chicken processing facility. And then I've obviously through work and college toured a ton of beef processing facilities. It's a very different process. Right. And your output is so different. I mean, I don't know exactly on chickens, yes. but you're getting hundreds of pounds of beef when you process a steer. And so right. that's also a huge difference if you're not familiar with that process. And so I think that's very unique yes. that you kind of you have all ends of the spectrum now with looking to incorporate pork as well. Um, and you talked about finding a processing facility. It is 
more and it's getting more common to for small businesses to have processing facilities where they harvest you know 11 to 13 head a day compared to your right Tysons who are doing like 3200 a day and yes building a relationship with someone is so important and so that also factors in because y'all worked so hard to raise this steer for two years and then you're selling it to a customer with a hundred percent confidence they're getting exactly what you, what they ordered and so exactly. you have, to have a processing facility who can deliver products that way yes yes which has been a really big struggle as well um that probably would have been my second struggle that that they've faced over the years of being in business is the processor um they've been through so many and it's just it's it's a struggle to find one that is USDA inspected and certified that will take care of us. You know, there's there's been several times where, you know, customers have received the wrong thing when they order a half or a whole beef. And that is one of the hardest parts of being in business in the beef business um, is making sure that your customers are taken care of. And, and that's one thing that Mark and Connie are great about is that customer service is their thing. So if there's an issue with their beef, they're going to make it right. And they are going to sit with you and they are going to, you know, get everything down to the T of what, what needs to be done to fix it. And, um, and so that the, the processor relationship is, is something that, um, is very, very vital to the business. And, and that's been a struggle. I mean, I think, LaGrange is the seventh processor that they've been with and it's been great over the past year. So they've been wonderful to work with us. And the, um, I mean, they call Mark, you know, and they'll tell him straight, you know, Hey, this is what we've got going on. Here's our dates. And and they've already got us booked into the next year, which is wonderful. And, and so th- it's been a struggle to find a processor that has been that easy to work with. And that is why we drive three hours to get our, our beef processed. So um, it's it's a good a good thing that we found them and we have this great relationship. Um, it's just, you know, there's a struggle with the drive and everything else, but we, we make it work, so. Well, and I mean, for me, three hours is nothing because I'm used to driving so much, but right. I mean, you lose right. a whole day in going. Yes. Yeah. And so that's a whole yeah. day of, you know, if you're shipping orders or feeding, right. Yes. Heard. And so that's, you're giving up time because you value your processor so much. So that's awesome. Well, yes. what is one thing you wished all consumers knew? So this question, it's hard for me because Looking at it from an ag com standpoint, I wish there was lots of things that the consumer could know. Um, but looking at it from a 3C beef standpoint, I I wish that people, social media is a great tool. Um, it's great when it's used properly, I guess I could say, or in a positive way. Um, I I wish that the consumer would do their research, not believe that everything that they see on social media um, and and do like reach out to your farmers and ranchers. Uh, there are so many that would be willing to sit down with you and talk with you and basically just, just tell you how they raise their animals, why they do what they do and, and just kind of give you the information that you're looking for. And I don't, 
I think that there's a lot of misinformation spread through social media and a lot of consumers are quick to just say, oh, that's that's it. That's the facts and not do their own research. And so I, I wish that every consumer would there. There's so many tools through our through our cell phones, you know, that we can reach out and and contact people. I mean, that's what that's what extension agents are for. That's what I, I mean. There's so many utensils that you have through your phone to where you can get the facts and I feel like social media is kind of abused um, with people spreading so many different things about agriculture and find a local rancher or farmer they're not they're not hard to to um, get in touch with and I think that they would love to tell you their process and and how you can purchase directly from them or or someone that they know that you can purchase directly from that, that is doing the same thing that they're doing. You know, I I think that um, the average consumer has no clue where their products come from in the store or how it gets to where it is and the time and effort that gets put into raising whatever they purchase in the store. And so I think honestly to reach out and, and do your own research and be educated about the purchases that you're making and, and how farmers and ranchers raise their, their products, so. Well, that is awesome. I couldn't agree more. And to wrap up this week's episode, we ask all of our guests a standard question, and that is if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Okay, so this is hard. If I'm Okay, I'm gonna do it like as it's mine, not the business one. Um, I definitely would have I, my favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, so I'd have that somewhere on there um, because I would not be where I am without God, and I know that I want that on there. I then think I would probably have probably my two little weenie dogs on there just because like they're, they're literally my life which sounds crazy I never thought two dogs would be my life but they are they're a mess um and I would probably have the 3c brand on there because I'm marrying into that brand and uh it's very important to me and I don't know what else this is it's hard man if I were passing my billboard what would I have on there um definitely almost like a vision board almost it's like um collage of probably yes yes like I would probably have um a picture of of Colby and I horseback because that's something that we enjoy doing together um yeah I don't the brand for sure and and cattle because that's that's our life I mean day in day out so uh probably probably a combination of all those things the dogs the brand the bible verse and <laughs> and colby and i horseback that's just our that's our life <laughs> well i love it thank you so much for taking some time to sit down with me and share a little bit about what you do how could our listeners purchase product and connect with you on social media um, so you can purchase beef um, and pork and chicken all from uh, 3cbeef.com. And, and we're actually 
bringing in some leather work products as well. I didn't even mention that. Completely forgot to say that. Um, Colby's dad is, is a leathersmith. And so we're kind of adding some of those things onto our website as well. So if you're not interested in the beef, pork, or chicken, we've got something else coming uh, for you. And then we're on TikTok at Chapman3C Cattle. Um, and then we're on Instagram, Facebook, Chapman3C Cattle Company. And, uh, and so we've got all kinds of stuff going on there. We, our TikTok is kind of, uh, growing, I guess you could say we we're kind of getting involved into the, um, the popular videos and things like that. So we're, we're growing our audience on social media and trying to keep in touch with that, that cool hit crowd on, on TikTok and Instagram. So, um, but that's where you can find us and, 3cbeef.com is where you can purchase our products. Well, we'll be sure to link that in the show notes for y'all and I'll include the website and everything. But Rachel, thanks again so much. I can't wait for people to listen. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.